Hello, everyone, and welcome to the special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Gato Acts, counsel at Lydian in Belgium. On the program, we span the globe and have received updates on critical issues from ELA members in each region. Today, we are connecting with three of our Baltic States members with the Alex Group. Joining us on the program are Iveta Sekle, Senior Counsel at Alex Clavens in Latvia, Hanna Pak, Senior Associate at Alex Reidla in Estonia, and Rimanta Stanevicis, Expert at Alex Valunas in Lithuania. Our attorneys will be sharing their insights into non-competition restrictions and how they impact the employment relationships in the Baltic States. Iveta, Hanna and Rimantis, welcome to the program. How are you today? Doing good. Thank you, Kata. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. I'm fine as well. And thank you for this opportunity to talk about competition restriction regulation in the Baltic States. My pleasure. Actually, the pleasure is all ours. It's good to have you here today. So let's just jump in and start with the first question I have for you. I'm very curious to know about what the competition restrictions are for employees. Are they mandatorily regulated by law in Latvia? Yes, as to Latvia, they are mandatorily regulated by the Latvian Labor Act. In Terralia, there are mandatorily preconditions for it to be valid as well. Okay, interesting. And what about Estonia, Hanna? In Estonia, the, the non-compete obligation is also prescribed by law, and the law sets out the conditions of what need to be met in order for the non-compete obligation to be valid. Okay, and so I guess that three is a charm. Is it the same thing in Lithuania, Romantas? Absolutely. We also have labor codes respective provisions providing for conditions, what to do and what to agree in order these obligations to be valid and enforceable. Okay. Same in Belgium. It's uh, determined by law and it's actually quite strict. The sanction is that the the non-compete obligation or the non-compete clause would be null and void if the conditions aren't met. So that's similar to all of our countries then. And do the restrictions relate to the period after termination of the employment relationship, or are there some restrictions that can be applied during the employment period as well? For instance, preventing the employee from working for another company during the employment agreement. Hannah, could you answer that for Estonia, please? Yes. In Estonia, it's possible to agree both after the termination as well as during the employment. Okay. And so during the employment, I guess that non-compete is always prohibited, or do you need to have a clause in the contract stating that competition is not allowed? It's better to have it in the contract. Otherwise, you could only rely on like general loyalty duties okay. as such. But as regards the prohibition itself, it should be related to competing activities. So the employer cannot restrict any other side work. Okay, interesting. And what about Lithuania, Remontas? Is it the same there? More or less, just I would say that our regulations are a bit stricter since the non-competition during the employment relationship is not assumed or preconditioned, meaning if the parties do not agree on that, this does not apply, a bit contrary okay. to some other practices. And uh, as for side work, the same as in Estonia, it generally may not be prohibited. At least it is not covered by the employment non-competition agreement. The latter is similar in Belgium. So if you want to prevent an employee from working for another company, it needs to be in a contract. But working for a competitor is in any event prohibited because it's implied in the employment contract, actually. So that would be different in, in Lithuania, from what I understand. And what about Latvia? 
Is it similar there? We have a so-called like classic competition restriction, and that relates to the post-employment period. But for the employment period, there is a possibility to apply this sidewalk prohibition. And pursuant to each, the employer may restrict the employee's rights to perform side work, but only to the extent which is justified by the substantiated and protectable interests. So for instance, if side work can negatively impact the fulfillment of the work duties of the employee, and it's up to the employers then to prove that indeed there are such substantiated and protectable interests due to which the side work has to be prohibited for the particular employee. Makes sense. And then I was wondering if non-compete restrictions can be applied unilaterally by the employer, or is it always required to have an agreement on that with the employee? And if you need an agreement, can it be in a separate agreement, or does it need to be included in the employment contract? Perhaps we can start with Iveta from Latvia. What do you think about that? Well, the post-employment competition restriction in Latvia has to be agreed by the employer and the employee, and it has to be in written no unilateral application by the employer is allowed and possible. Both options, a separate agreement or provisions in the employment agreement are allowed. But in any case, according to the case law, the agreement on competition restrictions is considered as a separate agreement from the employment agreement, even if the agreement is included in the employment contract. Okay, interesting. So it's an autonomous engagement from the employee, even if it is in the employment contract. Yes. Interesting. And Hannah, what, what does Estonian law say about it? The situation in Estonia is quite similar, meaning that there must be an agreement between the parties. The employer cannot unilaterally impose it. And like Giveta said, it's the same in Estonia also as regards whether to have it in the employment contract or have it separately, both options are possible. And it's also similar in the sense that the non-compete arrangement as such is considered as a separate arrangement, even if it is within the employment contract. And what about Lithuania, Rimantas? We are almost in the same situation as my colleagues in other Baltic countries. The one tiny legal exception that non-competition is considered as part of employment agreements. With or without it, it's still it's an employment agreement, but not civil agreement or civil law issue. As for the rest, everything is the same. It necessarily must be agreed. It may not be imposed unilaterally. It might be in one document or in separate documents. It doesn't make a difference, but it must be an agreement. Again, very similar to Belgium. It needs to be agreed upon. It cannot be unilaterally imposed. And then what I guess will also be quite similar is the restriction in time. So my guess is that in all of the three jurisdictions that we have here around the table is that the term of the competition restriction is limited in time. But I was wondering about the time restriction itself. How long can an employee be prohibited from competing with his former employer? And um, let's start with Lithuania, Rivantas. Yeah, for Lithuania, this maximum prohibition is two years after the employment termination moment. As for practical average, the parties usually stop to one year, meaning they do not apply for full eligible termination period. Okay, so an employer could have a clause in the contract stating that the non-competition prohibition applies for two years, but then limit it to one year in practice and just waive the other year, right? One option or another option is just from the very beginning to agree for one year because 
somehow in practice, the employers are not very interested in non-competition after one year is passed. Just some local speciality and peculiarity. And what about Estonia, Hannah? In Estonia, the post-termination non-compete can be applied at most for one year after the employment termination, but the parties are also free to agree on a shorter period. It's possible to agree in the agreement already from the beginning, for example, six months after the termination, but it is also possible, for example, if the parties have agreed that the one-year restriction applies after termination, then the company still has the possibility to terminate this arrangement with one month's advance notice. And then last but certainly not least, what about Latvia, Iveta? Well, in Latvia, regulation is similar to Lithuania. The restriction on competition may not exceed two years from the date of termination of employment. But in practice, it's common to agree on shorter period of time, like six months or one year, not the whole two years competition restriction period. And then I think a very important point here when we were talking about non-competition obligations for employees is the financial compensation that must or must not be paid. In Belgium, for instance, employers who want to enforce a non-compete obligation need to pay a compensation equal to 50% of the employee's salary for the restricted period. So if you have a non-compete for one year after termination of the contract, you need to pay six months' salary to the employee, which of course hugely impacts the popularity of non-compete clauses in Belgium, and employers will only use it if they think it's really necessary. I was wondering if that is the same in your jurisdictions. Let's perhaps start with Iveta. What about the regulations in Latvia on this? Yes, indeed. One of the mandatory criteria for the competition restriction to be enforced and to be valid is that the agreement has to provide for a duty of the employer to pay an employee compensation. And the law says it has to be adequate monthly compensation. There is no much more detailed uh, explanation of what is adequate, but in practice, it's understood that it has to be determined separately in every occasion and depends on the scope and term of the limitation of competition, the position of the specific employee, the business sector in question. And in our practice, we have seen like from 30% of the monthly salary averages, 50%, but also 70 and even 100% of the monthly salary has been agreed in practice as an adequate compensation for the employees. As to including this compensation in the salary, we had such a practice historically in Latvia, but uh, pursuant to the case law, the law was changed, and now it clearly says that it has to be monthly compensation after termination. So it's not possible to say that uh, this compensation has been included in the employee's salary. It has to be paid monthly during this competition restriction period. So the creativity of some lawyers was limited by the law. <laughs> That's uh, good to know. And what about Lithuania, Rimantas? We also have a statutory requirement to pay compensation, and it is regulated, meaning that no less than 40% of monthly salary should be paid for each non-competition restriction month. And I guess what we have different from the other countries the same requirement for compensation applies if the employer wants to impose a non-competition obligation during the employment period. 
meaning that if we agree for non-competition for the employment period, we also have to pay this extra compensation, which should not be included into the employment contract's prescribed salary. So it's a bit specific, which is usually is not welcome by the employers, and we try to work various ways around this. Okay, yeah, that's very interesting. That will be totally different in Belgium, as I said. A non-compete is implied in the employment contract, so it's uh, very interesting that in Lithuania you even have to pay compensation for that during the employment contract. And then for Estonia, Hannah, what does the law state there? There is no obligation to pay any compensation during the employment contract, but for the post-termination non-compete to be valid, one condition is that the employer must pay the employee monthly compensation throughout this uh, non-compete period after termination. And this monthly compensation that needs to be paid must be reasonable. So the law does not state any minimum amount like it is in, in Lithuania, for example. But usually what we see in practice is that the compensation ranges between 50 to 75% of the employee's salary. But of course, like Iveta also said with respect to Latvia, then in Estonia, it also depends on the employee's experience or, or professional background, as well as the scope of the restriction to what territories it applies and, and how long it remains in force after termination, etc. I guess the compensation in Lithuania determined by law as it is in Belgium, although it's lower. So 40% in Lithuania, 50% in Belgium. And then Latvia and Estonia are a lawyer's paradise, basically, because there you get to argue what is an adequate compensation. So that's very interesting. I was wondering, is it common in your jurisdictions to agree on the competition restriction? Do employers usually include that in the employment contract or don't they? Let's start with Estonia. Hannah, could you give us a small update on that? I would say it's quite common. In terms of necessity, I would say it's reasonable to have it in the contracts of, of key personnel in, in the managing positions, especially. Maybe not so relevant in case of some regular workers, let's say blue collar, but it is advisable still to agree rather than not to agree because basically if you do not agree it from, from the beginning uh, upon signing the employment contract, then it might be really difficult to reach the agreement in a later phase of the employment relationship. Yeah, that makes sense. And the employer doesn't have the leverage anymore or less leverage to negotiate it. Okay. And what about Latvia, Iveta? Taking into account that one of the mandatory criteria is payment of this adequate compensation, as we just discussed, yeah, I would say that it's common to agree on the competition restriction, but mainly for the management and key employees, not for any other employees. And in Lithuania, Remontas? The same for Lithuania, middle management and top management. It's very often to have these agreements as for the rest employees due to the compensation requirements and maybe due to lack of necessity, these agreements are quite weird. That's quite similar in Belgium. The higher the employee is in the hierarchy of the, of the company, of course, the more useful it will be, especially taking into account that an employer has to pay financial compensation for it. And also in Belgium, if the salary of the employee is below a certain threshold, it would just not be applicable or enforceable anyhow. 
But I was wondering about a very specific type of co-workers in a, in a company. Can competition restrictions also be agreed upon for management board members? How is that in Lithuania, Romantas? It depends. Basically, under the law, we have so-called non-executive board type, meaning that we might meet once per year or so, and that's all the job is done. So if the company has this type of board members, so usually they do not have non-competition agreements. But if the company tries to imply active or executive boards, which are taking the quite active part in the running of the company. So in such case, it's quite often to have disagreements with the board members. But they are not considered as employees in Lithuania. They are sort of separate type of managers. Okay. And what about Latvia, Iveta? Yes, it is possible in Latvia. We have management board and management board members can serve on the grounds either of the employment or management agreement. But even if the management board member serves on the grounds of the management agreement and the employment act, which regulates competition restriction, is not directly applicable. It is considered in practice and interpreted in practice that these criteria for the competition restriction, which are set by the employment act, nevertheless are applied by analogy. So it's possible and the same criteria and the same rules are applied irrespective on, on which type of the contract the management board member is serving. And what about Estonia, Hannah? In Estonia, the situation is different in the sense that there is only one type of management board and those persons on the board are the ones who are responsible for the everyday business of the company and they are not considered as employees in Estonia. And they are also not subject to the Employment Contracts Act. So basically, the terms and conditions of their agreements are quite flexible compared to, to what has to be agreed in an employment contract. And the board members do not have employment contracts. They have uh, service contracts. And there, the parties are quite free to, to agree on whatever conditions they like. And okay. it is common that the competition restriction is agreed with the board members as well. Okay, very interesting. This gives us a, a very good overview of what the rules are on non-compete clauses in Latvia, Estonia and Lithuania. Ivita, Hanna and Rimantas, this has been a very interesting discussion. We in Europe will continue to update our listeners on new developments. Thank you very much for your time. Thank, Thank you. you. If you would like to connect with Iveta, Hanna, and Rimantas, please click on their bios in the description of this podcast. Also, search the ELA website at ela.law, where you can sign up to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars, download white papers and on-demand content from our online library, or access the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Kato Arts. Thanks for listening.